Welcome to the Love Before 100 podcast. I'm Rachel Birch, and I'm here because everyone says dating in your 40s sucks. So I decided to make a game out of it. Part scavenger hunt, part bucket list. I made a list of all the ways I could meet my person. Then I assigned every task a points value. The goal now, find love before I hit 100. Points or years, whichever comes first. You got me shaking, In this episode, we're crossing asking a guy out off the list. So typically, and when I say typically, I mean always, always, I prefer when a guy asks me out. I am not someone that wants to feel like I'm pursuing a guy. But in this episode, I decided that I would be the one to essentially make the first move. But this episode has a twist. The guy, the one I asked out, comes on for an interview about our first date after our first date. So what you'll hear is our actual Zoom interview that took place two days after the date, a date that lasted four hours. Stay tuned after the interview for the follow-up. I won't say too much. I'll let him tell you. But suffice it to say, you're going to love this guy for me. First impression from our first date, he checks a lot of my boxes. And most importantly, the ones I added more recently. Super masculine, check. Also super spiritual, check. Into personal development, check. Devoted to his work, his family, and making the world a better place. Check, check, check. And also tattoos, check. But remember the first rule of Fight Club. I mean dating, which kind of feels like Fight Club. Our new rule is don't get attached too soon. That applies for me, but also for you too, okay? We've got to keep our wits about us in this game. And he and I will cover that, not getting attached, repeatedly in our interview. So with that, here he is. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you for volunteering yourself. I'm very, very happy to be here in this social experiment. Good. And um, just to make you feel comfortable, I thought we'd start with something that you've probably heard many times, and that is, do you promise to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? Do I have to answer that? Yes. I do. Okay. So I have a couple things that need answers, but other than that, I'm just going to let it flow. I was kind of looking at it as a hybrid podcast date for the social experiment, but you are not. So that's kind of how my dates usually turn out. I think I'm on a date and it turns out not to be. So um, we'll just go with that. So we're going to start with how we met. Do you have a recollection of that? Ah, damn, you are like a real... So my f- favorite thing and the thing that I don't like most about you is how quickly you go from like life coach to attorney. <laughs> Thank you. I'll take that as a compliment. It's actually a compliment. I have a recollection, yes, ma'am, of how we met. Okay. And I thought since I normally am the one that shares the background with my audience, it might be fun to get it from you because they don't know anything about you yet or who you are or why you're on the podcast? Well, we met on a dating website. Okay. And uh, we did all of the miscellaneous chatting. Yeah. Moved to texting, uh, met for drinks. Well, wait, what happened after the miscellaneous texting? I don't know. And I refer to my report. (laughs) There's important facts that have been omitted that people need to know so that they can see how things can turn out. So. We met on a dating app. We had a great conversation, which quickly moved to text, 
right? From, from the female's perspective, quickly moved to text and then died mm-hmm. and nothing happened for a week. It was just nothing. Got it. Oh yeah. And then. Oh my gosh. Thank you, counsel. Yeah, you're welcome. I'm just uh, jogging your memory. And then you deleted your profile. So when I looked, I was thinking about you that day when I was out at the beach and I was like, oh, wow, he unmatched me. And then I saw, because you can see at the bottom, no, he deleted his profile. And I was like, cool. Because I think I told you this, I keep thinking the type of man that I would want to be in a relationship with wouldn't be on a dating app or he would be on for a very short period of time. That's just my current prejudice. So I was like, oh, that to me was actually attractive. Um, and since you didn't unmatch me, it was more attractive. <laughs> but <laughs> then, do you, so do you remember these facts? Yeah, I do. Okay. So just from the male perspective, and like, this is weird because th- we might go out again, but I don't need an answer to be clear. But just for women that are listening, mm-hmm. like what happens when you get, have a great chat and like, it's going well, and then you just don't hear from the guy again. So, I mean, clearly I can't speak for all men. And I don't, I, you know, it's like. Well, yeah, you're just giving your perspective. I can tell you like what it's like for me is that the, for me particularly, the problem is that, or what doesn't work with me in the dating app is all the incessant, like texting and small conversations over and over and over and over again. And that just, it kind of like makes me check out from the entire process. Yeah. and then. You know, it's just like you have enough. But the other thing is that, you know, people just get busy in life. So this is one of the main things that I found on the, for me, like being a guy dating is that single parent and I have a kid that I raised by myself completely. Like I don't have help with them and I have a really busy career. And when you turn yourself into those things and you're not like managing the expectations of the texting relationship, whatever the fuck you want to call it. And then people get like, so fucking like butthurt over it. Like, you know, you don't have a life outside of waking up and texting people. It's just kind of like, fuck man. Like I'm, I'm just over it. Yeah. Like the message would be, don't take it personally. I mean, it could be personal. You could be an asshole and they don't want to talk (laughs) to you again, but generally that's not the case. Okay. So a week of nothing and why that can happen. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you deleted your profile because it sounds like the whole process which happens to me too. I've deleted mine. Like it's just tiring. So for me, typically I've never lasted more than like a week. Like five days is like my fucking absolute max dating app capacity and I'm done. And it's kind of like, if you've ever done some like extreme athletic endeavor, like run a marathon and like your body's so fatigued from like the event that you just need like a week of recovery. That's just being a single parent. I have not run a marathon, nor will I, but being a single parent feels like that sometimes. It's like um, to exist in any form of a transformed state and like to be so inundated in pretty fucking ordinary experience for me emotionally and what it takes out of me energetically is massive. And so there's a period for me where it's like, I need to reboot. But then it's also like you're rebooting with a really busy career two kids and, you know, does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. 5,000%. So then what happened? So then you sent me a text with an obscure hockey reference that I had no idea what it meant. And you're like, I hope you know what this means. I'm like, I actually don't. Really? I had no idea. You don't know the quote? You're like, I hope you know Wayne Gretzky. You don't know you miss 100% of the shots you don't take? 
Yeah. Well, now you say it, I'm like, yeah. But when you sent it, I was like, I don't know what the fuck she's talking about. Yeah. You miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. You never get what you don't ask for. And then, so I get this message from you. There were two things in that message. There was like the energy of the message was there was no like blame or resentment. Like to meet someone who can deal with another person's humanity was the most absolutely fucking impressive thing that I've come across on a dating app. It was really like huge for me. Like, So I asked you out. I actually then said I did an obscure hockey rec- reference. Turns out it's not that obscure now that I know what you're talking about. <laughs> I mean, it's probably like on your office building wall somewhere. Like I'm sure there's so many posters in my building. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you asked me out, but you asked me out in a way that, because we hadn't talked. Like I didn't, you know, we hadn't talked for whatever you said it was a week or whatever. Has that ever happened? Have you been approached first? I mean, I'm sure you have, but are you used to being the chaser, the pursuer? And how do you feel about women who take the lead? So the particular app that that we were using, the women have to take the lead. Right. So. But not to ask you out. I mean, they do just in like sending a high or whatever, but. They have to initiate. Yeah, they have to initiate the contact. But I'm talking about like, I've never, and I didn't, this is not a line. I have never asked (laughs) someone to get a drink first. I always let them take the lead. Okay. Um, But for the purpose of the podcast, I was like, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do it with this guy because this is someone that I think seems different than what I've come across. So I don't normally do that. Even on the app that we're on, I don't do that. So do you get that on the app or in real life? Yes. You do? And do you like that? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good for people to know. So any tips on how to do more of that? Well, I would always, this is what I would always say in any part of the dating world is just be authentic. Like, just be yourself, like what's in your heart or what's in your mind and then share it and then have a request and just let it, let, let that be. And it's not a turn off if someone asks you out first. <laughs> I can't imagine why it would be a turn off that another human being thinks that you're interesting or hot or cool or anything. Well, let me ask you, I mean, do you get feedback from people that guys don't like being pursued or asked out? Like well, Not feedback, but that's, you know, we had talked a little bit about like dating advice and there's a lot of dating advice. And personally, I feel like it's manipulative in the sense of trying to make you appear more. It's a a strategy. It goes against authenticity. But I think that I work in a, like the most uber alpha male dominated environment that you can possibly imagine. And I don't know a single fucking guy who's like, and then she asked me out. I'm like, oh, fuck that. I only ask women out. It's like, this is so fucking weird to hear that shit to me. Honestly, when I hear it, it's like strange. Okay. So this is permission to go ask, ask him out if you want to, you know? Absolutely. Okay. That, and that's what, that's what we're looking yeah. for. Okay. So you said, even if we never talk again, I'm glad to know there are single women like you out there. Oh, yeah. That's a really good line. That's a really good line. Have you used that one before? Every day. Every day. Will you use it again? Oh, I use it in the coffee shop. I use it in the office. I use it. Any opportunity I can open my mouth and speak words, I use it. I knew it. See, that's the thing. I fall for that kind of stuff. So I'm starting to identify the uh, repeat offenders. 
So you're asking that question and there's a, a ton of like context that's missing from what you're asking me. So can I lay a little bit of foundation, please, counsel? Yeah, of course. So the thing is, is that you're really, you're a transformed human being. And I also, I mean, I've done a ton of that work too. And you and I talked about this. And so in the context of what you're asking me is, is there was a conversation preceding that statement that it's just interesting to have some transformation and then date in a really super ordinary world. And, you know, like to be or have any amount of transformation and to date ordinary people. Yeah. And it sounds so condescending. So I don't know. And I'm, it's not a judgment because, because I was ordinary most of my life in the sense that I'm talking about it, right? Like without transformation, that's it. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just like what's possible for people. And that's why you do what you do, right? It's like great possibility for people. And so, so yeah. So the context of that was like, I, I've never gone on a date with anybody that has actual transformation. And here's another thing that's interesting as a tangent is that, but a lot of people present themselves as being spiritual or trend or whatever it is. Right. And then you meet them and they're like, you know, the fucking waiter didn't give us enough chips. It's like, <laughs> yeah. Oh shit. Okay. Like that's a strong reaction to not having enough chips in your basket. You meet people and you're texting, they say the right things, but people kind of date as a strategy, not as like to be totally authentic about who they are. And so you just run up against that strategy of like people present themselves as being like spiritual and all that other shit. And then, you know, they're like flipping over tables because their basket doesn't have enough fucking chips. Like, fuck, that's kind of an interesting way to be transformed. Anyway, this is a long way of saying that you are actually transformed. And it was very inspiring for me to know that there are people out in the world like that, like as a possibility for me having a relationship with someone who is transformed. Well, thank you. Yeah, I think I nailed that one. You totally nailed that one. At the end of our date, I told you, because when we made the plans, I use the term plans very loosely, I had to ask you, okay, so what time? And you said noonish. And then I didn't know where we were going. It was very, so in the dating advice realm, and I use air quotes of that, the definition of a date, according to some people, many people, is a time, a day, and a location. Three things, right? That's a date. So it, without that information, you're supposed to not have a date. And if they show back up, you're supposed to be like, oh, I made other plans because I'm very busy because I have you know all these men at my door. I know, I know. That's just what you're supposed to do. I didn't do that. I was like, do you want to tell me a time? And then I'm like, oh, I'm not going to ask for a place. It's going to seem like I'm like cross-examining him. So as I told you, I got dressed anyway. But at the end of our date, I said, in the future, if you want to take me out, I just need to know like when and I need to know where. And you said, you're right. That, that was inconsiderate of me. And I like that you said that. And I want to talk a little bit about that. Not only can you ask men out, I, that, I mean, you don't, want to be the, you don't want to be the pursuer. I've been the pursuer. It's a yucky, yucky feeling. But you can, you can initiate the first thing. However, you can also say if you need something, right? That didn't like turn you off either if, that I said that. It sounded like you appreciated that I told you what I needed. Right. I think that what you're talking about is just communication. Okay, that's valid. But, or and. Oh, nice a, catch. There's a lot of fear on the woman's side to speak up for herself. 
And here's why. And this is something that we talked about on our date, which is so good. Attachment. Mm -hmm. You had said that there was, you know, you have nonprofits that we talked about. And that I think one of them was kind of a lesson for you in not getting attacked. You said, that's my lesson. And I said, that's what dating is for me. Because in the past, I would get, I wanted to be this guy. You know, I wanted this. This seems like a good thing. And I'd get attached too early. And then I would try to, um, even in my transformed state, I would try to manipulate my communication, my uh, desires, my needs to suit him because I had attached to him. But now I just attached to me and my needs and my desires and having being authentic and having communication. And if it doesn't match up, then that's actually part of the process of filtering out the wrong person instead of like I lead instead of my attachment leading. Does that make sense? Almost. So if I was like, we've been on one date, but he's the guy, like I know it. he checks all these boxes. Like, you know, we have this good chemistry, like this was fun. Like he's the guy. Then I would not show up fully. I would not risk something like, Hey, if we're going to go out again, I need to know this because that might piss you off. And then I would, lose you because I'd be attached to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a strategy. Well, and it, it hinders communication. Well, strategies are just inauthentic. So you're going to get what you get creating something from an inauthentic state. It's never going to work. Well, it wouldn't be an intentional strategy. It would be more in that instance of a subconscious strategy. Sure. That's how most of the world goes about themselves. So let's not do that. Let's just speak about what our needs are and communicate them to the other person. If the other person doesn't like it, then they can go pound sand. I think it's really fucking great. This is what I love about this part of our date is like in dating in general is that everything's an opportunity to to practice our own authenticity and our own self-expression. I mean, part of why that's successful is because I have a view and a mindset that I have. And it's like, you know, my opinion is that the point of a relationship is to be able to put your stuff in the space and like sort it out with another human being and get access to blind spots. And, you know, it's like, that's the point of it to improve our experience and our capacity and what's possible. But the only way we can do that is to like, just be fully expressed and authentic in what we need and what we want and what works and what doesn't work. And you are basically like, bro, 12-ish doesn't fucking work. Like, tell me a fucking date and a time and where my ass needs to be, and I'll be there. That's what works for me. And I was like, fuck, I really, like, I really, really got that was really powerful. So we're talking about our first date now. And like, what, that's like exactly what I'm looking for. It's like someone who's just like, can communicate exactly what they need. But the difference between you and, I don't know, I'm not going to say everybody, is that there's no like judgment behind it. It's like a communication. And then now like what's possible from that communication. Yeah. If someone's going to be triggered by that, like I would much rather know right now. And so, yeah, the one thing that I put on my profile is like, I like, I don't like small talk. Like I want to talk about things that matter. One of the reasons for that is because you find out really quickly what people are comfortable with. I don't know. It's a snapshot into like, because relationships, when everything's great, it's great. There's no problem. And then when there's a little bit of friction or breakdown or discomfort or a hard conversation to have. It's like, who are you going to be in the moments when it matters who you are to me? Not Does that make sense what I'm saying? Yeah, no, absolutely. And so, and so to just put yourself out there like, hey, homeboy, this is what I need in a relationship. Like in the future, let's do this. And if I'm like, oh, you know, fuck that. And I'm the man. And I'm the, but it's like, 
Don't you want to know that sooner than later? Totally. And I don't, and I don't want to be six months down the line in a dating relationship with somebody. And it's like, I have to cancel on something or because something in my life comes up and they're like, but you know, and then there's all these problems. Like I want someone who has just, I don't know. Does that make sense what I'm saying? Yeah. No, no. But I mean, the earlier that you can find this stuff out, the better. You are always going to get exactly who you're being. And if you're being inauthentic and if you're being a strategy and if you're being, you know, passive aggressive, meaning that you need something, but you're withholding it, then you're going to get, you're going to get that exact match. And so go be exactly who the fuck you need to be. And you'll get exactly what you want or what you need. It like it manifests. Absolutely. I believe that. And that's, that's why you have to be willing to put yourself out there. I remember I was meeting someone and um, I was late. You've been on other dates? Never. Oh my God. I hope. I hate being late, but I was like, I get to see how somebody reacts when you're late. You know, are they, are they pissed off? Are they whatever? And it was like, here, I bought your parking ticket for you. And I was like, Oh crap. That's like the best way to go up, you know, like, but if, he had been like pissy, which I've had that too. It's like, okay, this is, you know, this is like, you're supposed to be on your best behavior. Yeah. Supposedly. Yeah. But, like the bottom line for me is that I want people who can be with other people's humanity and I'm a human. Yeah. And you know, I'm, I am transformed and I am like, I have a big, very big game in life, but I'm also human. I fuck stuff up and I fail and I stumble and like, can you be with that? Okay. Back to our questions. So what was your first impression of me or second or third or last? So I had no idea who you really were based on your profile and based on your communication, which is interesting. You want to elaborate? I didn't really know who you really were until we sat down. I didn't even get like a taste of who you were. You know, my profile, I've tried many different ways of... I like you don't shirt. even get what I'm doing right now. I like your shirt. I noticed your shirt. Oh, why do you like it? Because we have the same one. Finally. I noticed it. I had to ask. I actually had to ask, but I'm not judging you about it. It didn't come up yet, but I did notice it almost immediately. I'm observant like that. I appreciate that. Are you proud of me? I am proud of you. That was well executed. I only tried on four different tops to wear this very casual looking t-shirt. So it looks like I don't care how I dressed, but I do. But you look pretty. Thank you. This is a good move. I like that. Thank you. I really believe that the universe like has our back. And is like out for our best good. And I feel like, and this has been my experience in my own life so many times is that we miss so much opportunity being attached to what we think we want or need and things come and go in our lives and we can't even see it because it's not what we think what we want or need. And so the way that I approach my dating is that, is that I just am completely open to whatever the universe is going to give me now. And so like a lot of times women, like women are like, do you like, you know, and they'll go through like all the like different variations of what a woman can look like. And the, the question is generally like, what's your type? And my answer is, I don't have a type. My type is the person that the universe is going to put in front of me that I meant to be with. And I absolutely, totally, fully believe that when the universe puts people in front of me that I'm supposed to be with or around or whatever that is, that you know. And I don't like that. Like, what are you looking for? Because I'm really all in on this idea that like, Attachment is like the worst thing that we can do to our human experience. You know, like when I know, I know it's like unquestionable. The other thing is like when we have an attachment of how it's supposed to be, we kind of spend 
too much time like out in the world looking. And when we're out in the world looking, we're coming from a place of something's missing. And if we're coming from a place of something's missing, it's like something's always wrong. Like we're trying to fix something. And like, I just want to fucking kick back with a beer and let the universe like take care of it. And it'll put the right person in front of me and I'm not going to sweat it. What were your first thoughts when you learned about my podcast and my mission? Your mission of? Making dating a game. So what you put on your profile was that you're a stand-up comedian. You're going to use your dating as like live stand-up comedy jokes. So that's what you put in there. And that I was on a scavenger hunt. Yeah, 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 I got that. And I was like, oh, that's kind of fucking cool. You know, it was really, I don't know, honest and kind of cheeky, but real. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And there's a picture of you doing stand-up in a Nirvana shirt, which I'm wearing tonight. <laughs> the same exact one. So you guys can't see how attention yes. detail oriented I am. So, so this is one thing that I love and I do this in my life. And so when you said this, it resonated with me. And so one thing that I've done in my, that I like learned was to turn everything into a game because it makes everything like takes the pressure off everything. Like everything can just be fun and silly and like, just like a game. And so for me, when I turn things into a game, I become less attached. Yeah. Well, like it's just, it's just the game. And that's why doing something scary, in my opinion, was scary, bold, like asking you out, um, which I know you count as not that impressive since we had matched on a dating app, but whatever. It was still bold for me, for my, I'm, you know, yes, I can be brave in some ways, but anyway, that was a big deal for me. But I mean, I wasn't attached to whether you said yes or no. In fact, I stated out loud after I sent it, I'm not attached. Like, I don't care. I could, he could never respond and I, I wouldn't care. Oh my God. I love that. <laughs> it was so hot. Like that was so hot <laughs> that you did that. I love that. And you know that after that email, or it was a text message. I, you had me hooked. Did you get that? No. You didn't get that. Like in, the, in how I was corresponding to you. Well, and- I, I mean, you said what a great message and you could meet that night. and I couldn't meet that night, although I wanted to make it work. And then we met the next day. Like I wanted to meet you right away. Yeah, I did get that. That was cool. But I, I, in making it a game, I win either way. If you respond, I win. But if I get to say, I asked somebody out, I'm crossing this off my scavenger hunt list, then I get to win in that context. So I'm setting myself up to not fail. Not that I'm afraid of failure because I know failure is part of the process, but I'm setting myself up to not get discouraged too early on in the process. So that's what I liked about making it fun. You know, I'm always like, how can I make this more fun? How can I set this up so it's a win-win? So same thing. We got, I got a podcast out of this. Like if I don't hear from you again, and I'll just, I hope I do, but if I don't like, okay, you know, like I got a podcast episode out of it. And I got to know that there are people out there that can be like super masculine, but also transformed and spiritual, you know, all that stuff. So it's never going to be a bad result if you just focus on gratitude and what you are getting out of the situation. So that was beautiful. You said it much better than me. I appreciate that. Well, thank you. Okay. All right. This has been fun. It has been fun. And um, thank you for being the first date that I have turned into a podcast as an interview. That is pretty freaking cool. Yeah. So thank you for that. It's been, this has been really fun. And I just want to go on record as saying, I really like you. Mm, I really like you too. That's sweet. Yeah. See how it can happen. Like just two people just show up. 
Yeah. It's pretty amazing. Awkward pause. It's beautiful. Well, they don't have the zoom part. I'm staring into <laughs> your, um, your My green eyes, enhanced green eyes. <laughs> okay. Well, that's a good note to end on. Okay. So what did I tell you? You love him, right? You think we're adorable together and you can feel the chemistry. Yeah, me too. So after I turned the recording off, he asked when he could see me again. That was a Tuesday night. I wasn't free until Saturday. So we planned a date for Saturday. Meanwhile, he texted or called Wednesday, Thursday. And then when he texted on Friday morning, I told him that my lunch plans for that day were canceled. And he asked if that meant I could meet for lunch. The dating advice books say not to accept last minute dates, but I was too excited. I said yes. And a couple hours later, we were on our second date. We went for sushi. I walked in and he was sitting on a bar stool at the sushi bar. He saw me and gave me a huge smile. I'm a sucker for a nice smile. I hopped up on the bar stool. There's no graceful way to get on a bar stool when you're 5'2". He, of course, was 6'4". We start to chat and he says, you're sitting too far away and reaches over and pulls my bar stool up against his. Oh my God, you smell so good. What is that? He asks with his nose nuzzled into my neck. I like him. He's fun and he's funny and completely engaged. The problem is that now I've kissed three guys with my braces. First, the guy from the plane. Then another guy who I went on four dates with, I mentioned him briefly in episode three, the one I started to suspect was a serial killer. And then the fireman. Each time I felt so self-conscious. I could tell I wasn't kissing like I normally do. It's funny because before my first date with the plane guy, the first guy I kissed with my braces, I asked anyone I saw with braces if they affected kissing or anything else. I even Googled it. There's lots of helpful information on YouTube about this. Everyone said it didn't affect anything, but it does. It really does. So I say to him slowly, I don't know if you plan on kissing me, but I'm really self-conscious about kissing with braces, but I get them off in 10 days. No way I'm waiting 10 days to kiss you, he says. I think back to what happened in episode two and realize I have a problem. I take the spontaneity and passion out of the initial physical component because I'm so self-conscious around this. Even before braces, I've always been this way. I remember being terrified to kiss my first boyfriend. What if I'm a bad kisser? What if he hates it? How can I still feel this way 30 years later when I know for a fact I'm an excellent kisser? I am, really. And still, on my dates with the fireman, he'll look deeply in my eyes and eventually I'll have to look away. I can't handle the intensity. I'm scared to just let things unfold. So I pledge to work on this. I want passion not negotiations. We end our date after a couple hours because I have to pick up my boys and he walks me to my car and gives me a big hug. I really like this guy. I get in my car smiling. I'll let you know about tomorrow, he texts before I pull out of the parking lot. Remember, we also have a date the next day. Later, he texts that his older son can't watch his younger son. So he asks if we can go to brunch as friends with his 11-year-old because he also wants to pick my brain on some business stuff. Of course, I say. Then he asks if I can pick them up. His son has never been in a Tesla. Happy to, I say. He gives me his home address. I Google it, of course. Does he own, rent? What can I say? I'm a virtual stalker. The next day, I pick them up. We get to the restaurant and he realizes that he left his wallet at home and wants to go back. We already valet parked, so I say, no, I'll pay. And he says he'll Venmo me. Fine. 
We go to this super cute beach cafe. We act as friends. We discuss his business. But then the waitress accidentally touches him. She's very friendly and wearing a low-cut tank top, which is part of the uniform. Kind of reminds me of being at Hooters. That's okay. You can touch me, he says to her, smiling. Hmm. I mean, she can, but really? I'm filing this in my mental Rolodex. How do I feel about a guy flirting with someone in front of me? Remember in episode three, when I said I usually attract the guy checking out the waitress? Is this that guy? And also, remember in episode four, when I said that men who are overly sexual too soon should be a red flag for me? This guy has been that way. I'd tell you some of the texts he sent me, but I don't want to make you blush. And besides, my mom is listening. Anyway, remember, I haven't even kissed him yet. We finish brunch. He Venmos me and includes some inappropriate emojis. I change the transaction to private and then drop them off at home. I note that now this man knows my last name, but I know where he lives, so we're probably good. He texts later to say it was hard to keep his hands to himself. The next day, he calls me as he's driving to a conference. He'll be in San Diego for the next three days. We text and chat while he's gone. I send him the script of a one-woman show that I wrote a couple years ago because I realize the humor in it is something that possibly only he and I will get based on his background and his career. He loves it. He tells me it's amazing. He gets home the next day and texts me, baby, I'm home. Baby? Okay, what did we learn from the last time? Don't make it mean anything. Don't get too excited. Shit, wait, I feel excited. Stop that. The next day, Thursday morning, he asks if I can get away for coffee. Again, you're supposed to say no, but I don't want to. I say, sure, but after my yoga and sorry, I'll be in yoga pants. He's devastated, naturally. We meet at Starbucks and he puts his hands in the side pockets of my yoga pants. He pulls me close. He starts telling me about the conference. Okay, so at this point, I'm 10 out of 10 attracted to his energy and personality. I'm about a six or seven out of 10 attracted to him physically. Now, he's a triathlete, so he's ripped and he has tattoos. I'm definitely attracted, but I'm just not all in. I try and tell myself, Rachel, this guy is sexy. And once again, he's saying things. Oh my God, this poor millennial with her laptop. She just came to work at Starbucks and she's sitting next to two old perverts. The tables are really close together. I'm sure she's blushing. We talk a little bit about his last relationship and we talk about my ex-husband. Nothing bad. We're not shit talkers. We're evolved, remember? Then he tells me he has to go meet with his friend, an accountant, per my advice. I had suggested he speak to one about his business. We leave. He walks me to my car, hugs me, and drives off. Again, we have not kissed yet. Just a couple more days till I get my braces off. I cannot wait. I text him something when I get home, and he responds right away. Very flirty. Okay, I like this guy. I'm not attached, but I'm hopeful. And then, nothing for the rest of the day, and the next day, and the day after that. Monday afternoon, I get the point. I'm not going to hear from him again, am I? What the fuck? I know, you're probably feeling confused right about now. Join the club. I think I cried. Pretty sure I did. I message my coach, and she asks me about what communication means to me and who has to initiate. She asks, is this the type of person you could see a future with? I think about it, and... I actually could. He has so many of the qualities I want in a partner. I decide she's telling me I'm supposed to text him. And I get mad. 
I don't want to pursue anyone. I just want someone to like me enough to text me daily and not disappear. Is that really unreasonable? Maybe. So that afternoon, I decide to stop being so rigid around my dating expectations, and I text him, asking how his business plan is coming along. He texts back later that night and excitedly asks about my day. We have a short exchange. He calls me baby again and then says he's so tired and going to sleep. He gets up at like 4 a.m. to work out every day, so this is reasonable. He asks if we can talk tomorrow. I say, of course, sweet dreams. And he responds, sweet dreams, beautiful soul. And that's the last I hear from him. (laughs) That was October 3rd, the day I got my braces off. A day or so later, maybe more. I wonder if maybe life just got in the way. As he said in our interview, he's super busy. I look on Instagram. We don't follow each other. I learned my lesson on that one. And see, he has the red circle around his profile picture. So he's posted some Instagram stories. Okay. I tell my coach, well, he has time to post on Instagram. She asks if I want her to check his stories. What? Aren't we two grown-ass women here? I say, of course. (laughs) She sends me three screenshots. The first is a meme. Okay, he has time to meme. The second is one of him post-workout. Okay. He has time to show off his body. And the third is of his cat. He told me he hated the cat. Never mind. Cat is a deal breaker. First, because I'm allergic. Second, I won't get into it. Well, I'm glad he's alive and not buried under a pile of work. I guess he just lost interest. Like, how do they do that? And they teach me? Just flip a switch? So here's the post-game wrap-up. The last time I was on Venmo, I noticed that he was still one of my last transactions on there. If I'm seeing him, I thought, he's probably seeing me. So (laughs) I immediately updated my Venmo profile picture to one of my favorite photos from my recent Nashville photo shoot. Take that, buddy. And then this weekend, he popped up as a suggested Facebook friend. Luckily, I had already changed that profile picture and had hundreds of comments on how great I'm looking. So yeah, that's the petty game I play. Look at me. If you don't follow me on Instagram, you'll at least see me in your suggested friends list or on Venmo. You buy something from a neighbor, I'll be there. You pay for your street tacos, I'll be there. You decide you're in for fantasy football, I'll be there. And I'll be looking good. Kidding. Sort of. (laughs) So this guy was a mild disappointment. I learned so much from the last guy and the last disappointment. I learned, pay attention to actions over words. I actually had started a note in my phone with things I wanted to pay attention to. This may be overkill. I'm not suggesting it. I just don't want to get played so hard like last time. Two, listen to my intuition. If something feels weird, trust that. Three, do not get attached. Do not get attached. Do not get attached. The key to survival here is do not get attached. Do not make up stories about who this person is. Do not reread old messages or look at photos. And try not to record a Zoom where they show up charming. And if you do, don't watch it like 10 times. And all kidding aside, don't take it personally. People change their minds. People lose interest. People find somebody else that interests them more. And people get busy. It's just preference, not rejection. 
We are unrejectable. Irrejectable? We can't be rejected. You got me? It doesn't mean anything about you. Just understand this fact and move on. It's okay to feel disappointed that false start that we talked about in the last episode, but don't dwell. This is clearly not your person. So you're just making space for the one to come in. And speaking of that, gratitude. The key to survival is gratitude. Okay, the second key. The first key is do not get attached. We have a whole key ring here, gratitude. Say things like, looks like I dodged a bullet there. Thank you, universe. And finally, keep it light and fun. Are we having fun yet? Yes, we are. And on that note, be sure to tune in next week. I'm contemplating turning the notch up a bit in the fun department. I'm actually debating adding something naughty to my list. I mean, you only lived once, right? Can you guess what it is? Come back next week to find out. I hope you loved that episode of Love Before 100. To play along and get all the behind the scenes and bonus content, follow us on TikTok at Love Before 100. And be sure to come back next week to help me cross another thing off my bucket list. Let's spend the 